Hey, it's Richie, and before we begin this episode of the show, we of course want to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app right now and use that promo code THPN that we've been telling you about during your sign-up, because this week, DraftKings is putting you in on the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. And guess what, Arizona? DraftKings is coming to Arizona sooner rather than later, probably by the end of the year, because the Arizona State Legislature passed a fantasy sports and sports betting bill this week. And so you'll finally be able to get in on that DFS action later this season. So get a head start and download the DraftKings app. And while you're at it, it's basketball season, it's hockey season. They're winding up their regular seasons. And all you have to do in both of those is pick your lineup of who you want. You stay under the salary cap and you see how your team stacks up against the competition. That's DraftKings promo code THPN. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, it's been an odd day, an interesting day. Wish the game would have gone better today, but we did get to see the return of Auntie Ranta, so it was an interesting one to that extent to talk about that and much more with the Arizona Coyotes. As always, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. Richie, how you doing? Hello, Corey. I tweeted out on my personal account before we started recording what I'm drinking tonight. Um, I don't drink a lot during the show, um, usually because I am coming to you from the radio station on a lot of nights. So I am uh, I am not able to drink while I'm at the radio station, obviously. So I am actually at home this time, so I'm able to drink. And I am indulging in a nice white wine tonight. I was feeling nice and fancy with that. Um, it goes along with a nice spring-summer transition. And so I am drinking... Um, Another knocking point selection on tonight's program. It is called the Real House White. It is a a Sauvignon Blanc, I believe is how you pronounce it, and uh, it has some oyster shell in there, Corey. Some passion fruit. It's very light bodied, and uh, it's a nice a nice easy drink, and and uh, I like it quite a bit. I do you like? I'm like a wine connoisseur now. Yeah, you slowly but surely became really into wine, which is really impressive. I like wine. It's one of my, my favorite things to drink all the time. So, um, And it's one of the things that doesn't like make me sick much anymore. The older I've gotten, the more um, things make me sick. I had a really um, like sugary, fruity drink the other day that I used to get when I was younger and it didn't bother me. It uh, bothered the shit out of me o- over the this last weekend. So I am quickly starting to learn the as you get older, the sugary drinks don't sit as well as they used to. And did you see the story this week about um, drinking wine is good for you? 
No, but I know that red wine, which is my favorite, has a bunch of antioxidants, so it should be. Yeah, there was a trending story on Twitter this week about um, how drinking wine is is good for you and how it if you drink, I believe it's one if, if it's two glasses um, allowed a night for um, for men and one for women, I believe. And it reduces the risk of, of, um, of heart problems, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to find the actual article here, but I can't freaking find it. I can jump on that bag bandwagon 100%. I, I absolutely love that. Because, yeah, I am definitely one of those that will just sit and have a glass of wine. I mean, given when I'm working, a lot of times... I get up, go to work, and, like, once I get home and eat and then, like, relax for a minute and then I work out. By the time I work out and then, especially on a night like this where I'm doing the podcast, I'm, like, at a point where I don't have time to drink a glass of wine, but I would love to just drink a glass of wine every night. (laughs) It becomes uh, a bit expensive, too, if you're, like, drinking the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's what like right right now I'm I'm just drinking some um, bubbly, which is basically a little bit flavored sparkling water. Is basically all it is. Um, I add like a full half of a lime to it because I don't know sparkling waters to me just aren't very flavorful. I don't really enjoy them, so um, I have to add almost a full lime to it for it to be normal. For me, but that's about the same way I do with my uh, vodka sodas is, is I add like a shit ton of like lemon and lime and stuff to it and make it kind of like um, a non-sugary 7-Up, I guess is kind of the best way to say it. And um, so I, I really like it this way. And but so my my drink isn't very alcoholic tonight. It's kind of boring, but I let's, was let's, just doing a full body workout for this. So, oh yeah, that's that's uh, that's un, that's understandable because uh, my legs are still sore from doing a workout earlier this week. Because I don't do a lot of like lower body type workouts. I do a lot of uh, different other types and stuff like that. I have I've been doing a lot of core work lately, and then I upper body stuff. But like I did so many fucking squats uh, during a workout earlier this week that my legs were on fire for three straight days. Yeah, I made the mistake of doing a leg one the other day. That was like, not the other day, yesterday. That was like a half an hour. And then today doing a total body one. And I have stairs. And I'm really starting to question all of my life's choices. (laughs) So you and I are both in the same boat when it comes to that. Because there was a couple days there where bending down to pick anything up was was really hard to do so i'm glad both of us are in the same in the same page there but um you mentioned vodka a minute ago um yes the, uh vanilla vodka is coming up coming along swimmingly i think it's pretty much done um for, for coming up on saturday uh, i'm excited to see what it tastes like and hopefully i didn't screw it up um because we have our movie night coming up on Saturday. Now, 
number one, that's going to be delicious because in case you missed it, we mentioned on the show before, Corey and I are going to make a a boozy Oreo like milkshake. And this is going to be a very exciting experiment for both of us. And we'll see how that goes coming up on Saturday. Um, that's number one. And number two, we still haven't decided on what movie we were going we were going to watch. We should probably do that. We absolutely have to because we're not going to sit there for like two hours Mm-mm. just like going through movies again. Uh, part of what my hope was is that the the part that was like, oh, a movie that you love to watch but you wouldn't watch with like certain family members because it's like a little too edgy or whatever else. I was kind of hoping we could get some good ideas from that. And um, I mean, I'll explain my sporty, the, the inspiration for my sporty question a little bit more later, but um, I was hoping we could get some solid ideas out of that. I don't know if anyone's actually responded to it yet, though. Not not quite yet. No, not during, not as of now, but I'm sure we'll get some at Corey Richie show throughout, throughout the show. But that's a good way. That's because remember last time you had asked for a bunch of ideas and and then, like, a lot of people responded with movies that we had either seen or, like, really out there kind of weird movies. Well, weird or, like, uh, like super, like, critically acclaimed and uh-huh. stuff like that. And let's be honest. Our movie nights are more kind of, um, you know, we already deal with enough shit in, in the world. We kind of just want something that's more of, like, a laid-back, fun, kind of either, like, funny or edgy type movie just because we like to just do something that is not um serious at all because that's just kind of the point we're at i mean richie has been um making his own vanilla vodka for our movie night so that is and the last movie night we ended up like you know accidentally spilling chillo chillos churros all over my car and all Mm -hmm. sorts of stuff so it's uh we're not ever really in the mood for something like deep and serious or anything that's like a scary movie none of it's really ever that mood it's more of kind of like a a comedy or something just kind of dumb right yeah that's that's the goal usually so we'll we'll come up with something i'm sure between now and saturday <laughs> if you have any ideas you can uh, you can of course tweet the show at Corey underscore Richie show and, and let us know if we, if we should watch any one particular movie. Um, Cause I feel like there's some that we're missing. So um, I, uh, I, I'm excited for our experimentation with our vanilla vodka here. I've been anticipating it now for like two and a half weeks. So hopefully I didn't screw it up. I so is there enough for us to like take a shot first like I feel like we should just do like a straight up shot of it to see how it tastes before we put it in something yeah I think there's plenty I made like I think I put like uh like six or eight ounces in there something like that so that's that's plenty I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll have to shoot a, a small video or something for the sporty nation let them see what what this looks like and um have one of us take a shot on on camera and see if uh if we can hold in whatever our reaction is to it but we might we might have to do that we'll have to see yeah (laughs) so stay tuned for that sporting nation coming up on 
on Saturday night here. Speaking of Saturday night, the Coyotes are playing on Saturday afternoon against the St. Louis Blues, which is now going to be the biggest game of the season for the Coyotes. And their season is pretty much on the line in that game, and we'll get to that in just a second. Um, But before we move on to the Saturday game, we should probably talk about what happened here to end the road trip. Five straight losses. They got crushed by the Minnesota Wild again on Wednesday afternoon. And it was not a fun game to watch whatsoever. They were in it. Jacob Chikrin scored his 13th goal of the season. It was 1-1 there. The Coyotes were out shooting Minnesota there for a bit. And it was kind of a back-and-forth game. And it felt like the Coyotes were actually playing really well. Uh, until they kept taking penalties over and over again. And the Wild scored a total of three power play goals on the game, and that pretty much put the Coyotes to bed on Wednesday. And it was a, it was a bad loss for the team. And uh, it's one of those that's like, well, is it one of those lo- where you're just like, I'm they're just happy to be back home now, it seems like. It seems like they were just sick of being on the road there at the end. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you brought up that Chickren had a really great goal because that that was kind of the highlight to me of the entire game. Like, I know it's kind of sad to say, but the highlight to me of the entire game was that the really good pass across from Schmaltz over to Chickren for that goal, it was very in sync. It was kind of everything that we've been looking for. Um, In doing that, as you had said, that uh, Jacob Chikrin had his 13th goal, which is a career high for him. And it also um, puts him tied with Darnell Nurse, who plays for the Oilers. They both are at 13 this season in goals by defensemen. Um, And they are two goals above Aaron Ekblad and Jeff Petrie. So they, they have two goal lead there but it's it's pretty cool because I mean you've been talking about this Chick Norris thing for oh quite a while now at least a couple months so um I think people are finally starting to really kind of notice him outside of you know just us here in like the west coast and everything so it's kind of nice to be able to see and I mean, only three other Arizona Coyotes defensemen, including Oliver Ekman Larson, um, six times has, um, have scored 13 plus goals in a season since the club moved to Arizona. Um, obviously, because our stats do continue through with the the Jets part, whenever they do stats for things, it usually says Jets slash Coyotes. Um, but this one is just a uh, Coyotes stat. But um so it just, it was nice, at least if you want to take a high note from it, it was nice to see that. Um, I guess it was nice to see Ronta back on the ice. Obviously, um, he hasn't been there for quite a while. So it's very interesting to have put him into this game when you'd think you would want any type of points um, possible. It was interesting on the on the broadcast, um, Tyson Nash had made this kind of thrown this theory out there, which seemed very much like a me theory that they may have uh, thrown him out on the ice to get him, get his feet wet, kind of get some reps in um, before this really big game against St. Louis, which is a, 
which is a great possibility because um, it is going to be such a massive game. Um, but I, d- I do think it was kind of interesting after being out for so long that they they threw him into this game. Yeah, I actually thought about that too and, and why they decided to do that in, instead of going for Aiden Hill. But I think it's one of those things that this is what happens in hockey is you don't get a rehab stand in hockey. You get a few practices to get back underneath it. And I think Rick Tockett knows that this team's best chance to win is going to be with either Auntie Ronta or Darcy Kemper in goal. And Darcy Kemper, from what we understand, suffered a little bit of a setback this week and, and his, his timeline got pushed back to where he might be back next week. But that's I think that's why is that like they just want – Auntie Ronta, even a rusty Auntie Ronta, they think that's their best chance to win. And for the most part, I, I tend to agree with that. And, you know, Ronta wasn't the reason why they lost today, in my opinion, right? I mean, you look at a couple of those goals and they were weird deflections and, and weird puck luck. And that's something that Goligosky talks about after the game. And, and, um, and Ronta, too, they talked about how there were some weird bounces and weird deflections that, that went for goals. But, you know, it, it wasn't Ronta's fault that the team lost the game. Yeah, he gave up five goals, which is never good. But when you give up three goals on the power play, that's your problem, right? And they only scored one power play goal themselves. And that completely changed the outlook of that game against Minnesota. And... And they dropped another two points. But luckily for the Coyotes, the Blues lost at home to the Colorado Avalanche on Wednesday night, too, um, in a game that ended up 4-3. to three. That was actually a really good game to watch. And, um, and, yeah, so I'm curious where the Coyotes go from here in terms of who will start on Saturday in a game that I, I think the team understands is going to be a must-win game um, because at the moment – St. Louis is still up a point in the playoff race. They do have two games in hand, though, so they've played two less games than the Coyotes have. But if the Coyotes were to win on Saturday, they jump back ahead of the Blues in that race, and that's kind of important, is you want to be in the driver's seat pretty much at all times. And But if they lose and you go three points down with only 12 games remaining, and, oh, yeah, and you have played two more games in St. Louis, that's trouble. So, like, there's still a a way for the Coyotes to get into the playoffs, but it's one of those scenarios where they're going to have to have so much go right for them in a season that seemingly hasn't gone right for them in a lot of ways. Do you feel after seeing that they decided not to deal anyone out during the trade deadline because of the fact that it was said, you know, that everyone had earned their place to be able to try to make it into playoffs. Do you think that they really need to like put it all out there and, and actually really try and make it just because of the fact that they were given that opportunity? Of course. Cause every single one of those players is playing for a job next season. They're playing to impress this new regime of Bill Armstrong and it's gut check time for a lot of these players. And I, I Craig Morgan in his article today after the game wrote about Clayton Keller. And he made a great point, which is 
he's part of the the rat pack of players, which are these guys like your Chickrens and your Fishers and your and your Krauses and your Schmaltz and your Kellers, who are all kind of playing for that you know next part of their careers. Um, Grant Schmaltz and Keller already have their contracts, which I, I think we're now learning maybe we're giving out a little bit too early in both cases in terms of their big money deals, but like all these guys are playing for their future. And if they do not play like their careers are on the line, they're going to be elsewhere next year, including Clayton Keller, who I think would be a, a pretty hot commodity in the offseason if the guys wanted to shop him. I think he would, he would draw some attention. Granted, his contract is a little bit too high, but he's still so young that I think for a lot of teams, they could justify it as that cap is likely to raise next year. So, again, I disagreed with Bill Armstrong staying path at the trade deadline. I think you and I were both on the same page in that they should have been able to trade some of these yes, players for anything at this point. Even if it's a mid-round draft pick, whatever, is better than nothing. Because what's going to happen is if they don't make the playoffs, they have nothing to fucking show for it. They have all these RFAs and free agents walk for nothing. And you have nothing to show for it, and you're going to have to try and rebuild your team with – uh, a minute amount of draft picks because you do not have a first round pick this year again, and it's gonna be it's gonna be super tough. Granted, they're gonna have a lot of cap space if that's something they want to do and try and build the roster that way, but um, they should have a fire lit under their ass right now. They're still in it; it's not one hundred percent over. If they go out and they do their job and they win a bunch of these games, they might still be able to make it because it's something that we talked about. I believe it was last week, maybe the week before, where St. Louis has a tough, tough schedule ahead, right? They're going to be playing Colorado three more times. They have Vegas, I believe, three more times. And so who knows? You know, it maybe we are the biggest Colorado and Vegas fans in the world for now. Um, and I, I tweeted that out earlier. I was like, thanks, Colorado. You guys did a great job. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's uh, it's gut check time for pretty much every player on this roster because they're all being graded, they're all being watched, and whether or not they want to be a part of this team in uh, the going forward. Yeah, I think the uh, the Avs have heard it because when you tweeted out from a sporty account, they actually liked it. So mm-hmm. they have heard our plea. So hopefully they they keep going down that direction. Yeah. I, I'm glad that you brought up the fact that uh, the strength of schedule, but then also I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the Coyotes bounce back considering the fact that, you know, they haven't been home since that uh, San Jose game uh, back on March 27th. So it's been quite a while since they've been back and they are coming back like to return home to play seven of the 13 remaining. And it's, there's something about being on that long of an away trip that really kind of takes a toll after a while. And they haven't really played in a season that is like this. No one's really ever experienced something like this. And it's, it's interesting because they were like talking to Paul Bissonnette on the uh, broadcast about it. And he was basically saying the same thing. Like none of the guys who have played in previous seasons have really experienced something like this season in particular. And the, the toll it takes mentally and physically, I think is something that people can only, you know, kind of imagine. And so for them to be able to come back home 
and not only come back home, but have a space in there where they can actually take a break and really kind of reacclimate themselves and just feel kind of back at home and comfortable again might be what this team needs to get you themselves back into the groove because you could even tell in certain interviews and such in these past um these past four games especially um that they just have not been feeling it and and given there's a lot of times you know um we need to be sacrificing more to the hockey gods i guess because bounces don't go this team's way but a lot of times they were saying, you know, we just weren't able to do it. And you could tell in their own voice, um, especially one interview with uh, Clayton Keller, where he just basically was saying that, you know, they weren't putting enough effort out there or they weren't, they just weren't getting it done. And they, I think, were at a loss themselves. And, and a lot of this could be the fact that they are just exhausted mentally and physically. And so this might be exactly what they need before going into such a big game. Uh, and they are 10, five, or excuse me. Uh, uh, yeah. 10, five and three at home this season. And a lot of that came uh, on their most recent homestand where they cleaned up against San Jose and Anaheim there in those couple of games. And, um, and so, yeah, I think I think you're right. It's going to be home cooking is a lot of what this team needs. Because, like, when you're stuck in hotels like that for almost two weeks, like, that's monotonous as hell in a pandemic season like this. And um, and so I think I think it just we saw a team that just we just got sick of it essentially, right? And um, and it all started in that game against Anaheim in that third period, and then it went to heck. But you know, coming up to Saturday, like you were just kind of mentioning there, I, I wonder how this game is going to go for the Coyotes because it's going to be a game that, in my opinion, is going to be high stakes, but it's going to be very emotional for this team because it is, as the Coyotes are calling it, Leighton's legacy game, and they're going to induct Leighton Accardo into the Ring of Honor with a pregame ceremony, which for obviously for the players, for the team, for fans, it's going to be a very emotional afternoon at Gila River Arena. And I, I wonder if how that is going to play into things on Saturday, right? Where the emotions and the tensions are already going to be so high against the, against the St. Louis Blues team that you're fighting for the playoffs with. Do you think that's going to have an effect in their play on the ice? Is it going to be one of those things where it's like, all right, Let's just listen to Lane. Let's just skate hard and have fun and, and kind of win it for her type of thing. Or or could it have a, a an effect on the team in, an, in a kind of negative way? I mean, I think they're going to try and compartmentalize as much as they can in the fact that it is such a big game. But that, yeah, that's something that's rough. That That's not something to be taken very lightly before you go into a game that is so so hard like that and I think it's um you can try your darnest to try and you know live by kind of what she was saying and try and um she always had a very light soul and really just wanted everyone to be happy and do their best and it's I think sometimes you mean to take things that way but in such a, a deep moment 
it can sometimes be a little bit heavier than, um, than you'd expect it to be. So yeah, it might be something that weighs on this team as, um, you know, they're going into literally their biggest game probably of the season. So, um, it's kind of, they didn't mean for it to end up this way, but it just kind of made everything a lot, um, more denser than it was before. Um, but if they use it to inspire them and be able to, um, you know, hold her with them through this game, it might be the inspiration that carries them through. I hope, I certainly hope that's the case. And uh, maybe, you know, I'm looking too much into it. And I probably am. And it's not really going to have any effect on the game at all. But, but still, you just, you never know how players react to that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, uh, it's, it's uh, going to be a game that is, but here's the thing on the bright side we know how well the Coyotes played the Blues earlier this season. Seemingly, it was a really good matchup for this team. And, there was a little bit of a rivalry that was starting to get going there between the two teams playing those seven straight games. So uh, you wonder how that's going to play into everything too. So I, I don't know if the Coyotes are going to win the game. I The Blues are, are rolling right now. They're playing really well. They came back from 4-1 down against the Colorado Avalanche in the third period, and they scored a couple goals straight to kind of make a game of it there late in the game. And um, – and so they're they're playing pretty solid hockey right now, and the Coyotes aren't. So I wonder if it's just we're just going to see two teams playing each other on Saturday. They're like two ships passing in the night type of thing, where you got one team on the rise and one team on the downfall, and we're that's kind of the game we're going to see. But I don't I don't, I don't know. It, I uh, I'm very nervous about Saturday. I think that's uh, difficult to say just because of the fact that, especially in hockey and with how this season is built, um, things can change very quickly. And it's a lot of pressure to keep up that winning streak, to keep up that um, that type of uh, forward momentum that they are on right now. There's a, there's a point where you end up peaking and you start coming back down the other side. You can't keep it up. And especially a team like St. Louis, not to, not to say anything bad about them, but, but they can't keep up that streak that long. Um, if it was, you know, a Vegas or a Colorado, I would say, you know, they, it's sustainable for them. I don't believe it's sustainable for St. Louis. So I think this might be the opportunity that the Coyotes need to really get underneath their skin like they usually do. And, um, It'll be nice to see Clayton Keller actually show up and really play well. <laughs> I always say that whenever we play St. Louis because it always ends up happening. The the limitless potential that that kid has shows up during those games. Don't know why, but it'll be really nice to see that. And um, you know, you this team may end up surprising us um, because of the fact that they just there's a comfortability that they have when they pay play St. Louis and I I mean whether they are it's the last year and they're landing on a tarmac and they're stuck on the tarmac for three hours in the wee hours of the morning and then they play a game the next day and are totally fine or this year when Clayton Keller's had some of his best games against St. Louis doesn't really matter in the end this always seems to be 
a team that they end up showing up for, which I can't always say against everyone else. I mean, they had abilities to win against Minnesota multiple times this season where they, they could have beat Minnesota. They went one, five and O against Minnesota. And, and it's just because a lot of times they don't show up for those games. um, Kind of like we saw, um, saw on Wednesday. So I don't know. I, I, I may be overly optimistic about it, but I do think we'll see a solid game. And for the most part, under Rick Tockett, uh, his Coyotes teams have performed well when their backs are up against the wall, kind of like you were referencing. As far as Clayton Keller goes, 15 points in 18 career games against the St. Louis Blues, which is tied for the most points Clayton Keller has against any team in the league during his career. He also has 15 points against the Anaheim Ducks. So maybe that's just what Clayton Keller ordered too, is going up against the St. Louis Blues to – kind of get out of his schneid. He had, Corey, he had two points. Two fucking points on the entire road trip. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Talk about disappearing at a time when you're supposed to be one of the team's leading scorers, just disappearing. Like, that was unfortunate. And, like, I want to call something out here for a second. I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught this, too, the other day, but... People were praising Clayton Keller for uh, stepping up and and getting into a, a little um, tussle with the Colorado Avalanche because uh, Oliver Ekman Larson kind of took a cross check while he was still on the ground. It was kind of a dirty play, and Clayton Keller was the first one to step in and like and come to the aid of his teammate. And people were all over praising him. And I was like, you know what? I don't I don't give two shits about stepping up for a teammate. If you want to step up for your teammate, score fucking goals, score points, and win hockey games. That's how you step up for your teammate. You do your talking on the ice and how you play, not in a scrum because you're getting your ass kicked in by the Colorado Avalanche. And so I saw so many people praising Clayton Keller for that. And I was like, give me a break. Like, it's just, I don't care. I don't care. That's not your game, Clayton. You're not supposed to at your five foot ten, hundred and seventy pound body, for goodness sake. Like he's basically me, because I'm I'm six foot one seventy. Like Clayton, stick to scoring goals, stick to getting your play, teammates the puck, and actually winning hockey games. And so that that ticked me off. So thank you. End of, end of rant. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually watching that game at my parents' house, and and my dad was like, wait a second, is that man allowed to do that? And I was like, Mm cross-checking when he's on the ground? No, he's definitely not allowed to do that. Um, Yeah, I I thought it was kind of funny also. When I saw that happening, Like, I understand why he did it. He was the one that was right there and and could come to the defense of OEL, and, you know, they – they need that that kind of spark. And I think sometimes they try to do that. Um, it ends up coming off a little bit more chippy towards the end of games and kind of unnecessary. Like it kind of comes off a little bit more out of frustration than it does for like trying to get the energy back, um, which is never really how you want to look as a team. You don't want to be the team that gets frustrated and just starts fights, you know. Um, you want to be more using fights to either in that situation defend um a teammate 
forward to bring up the energy, but it, it just seemed like that was the beginning of a domino effect. And it ended up being just a bunch of fights all the way through to the end of that game. Like that, that game got so prolonged simply off the fact that there was just numerous fights throughout the, the rest of that couple minute span. Um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't have chosen Clayton Keller to do that either. I think he was trying to step up and then show leadership in that way by trying to defend and, and whatnot. But I would not have chosen him to be the player to do that. Like you said, he's not the biggest player out there. I, I thought it was a little bit strange myself. Um, and there's other people that should be doing that and have more of that role on the team. Obviously, there's not really an enforcer role much anymore in the NHL, which is, um, you know, kind of what we're talking about with uh, Ryan Reeves is his style of play is, is honestly getting very like outdated and is kind of getting out of the way that hockey is nowadays. But um, it's, it still isn't, like you said, it isn't what I want him to be focusing on, how he should be generating energy and, um, really pushing this team forward is by setting up chances for quality shots. Like even if they don't score, if he is helping set up Phil Kessel, who is doing actually relatively decent, he had his uh, 16th goal in uh, this game on Wednesday. And I, I believe he's had 12 points in 10 games. So he, um, he's been doing quite well. And so being, and the considering the fact that that's what Clayton Keller likes to do is be a playmaker, you know, start setting uh castle up for goals, really try and contribute on this team and try and use your talents that way, because that is not why he is on this team that he was not put on this team to fight, defend anyone. So um, I, I have to agree with you for the most part there. Phil Kessel, by the way, is the team leader in points this season. He's got 34 points in 44 games. Which, I mean, I uh, at one point I was relatively disappointed in the way he was playing. And it's it's funny, he's been very he's been very sneaky in accumulating those. Cause I just feel like um you know, outside of Kat tweeting out the wiener dogs in, in the hot dog costumes, I feel like there's nothing that's been, like, incredibly memorable about Phil Kessel to me this season. Like, he's been, I've, I know this sounds weird, but I just feel like he's been sneaky about his points, if that makes sense. I can see that, yeah. I mean, like, he, he had a really good road trip, and unfortunately a lot of those points he was putting up came in losses. And I think that's kind of what you're referring to there is it's cool to see him producing. Um, in fact, he had, uh, let's say two, five, six points over his last five games of the road trip. So he was the Coyotes best offensive player, which is usually a good thing, but they lost all of those games. And that's kind of uh, unfortunate for this team because Phil Kessel was one of the players we were most looking for a big jump in production this year, and they're getting it. And unfortunately for the Coyotes, it's not really paying off quite as well as they hoped as they just kind of barely hang around in the in the playoff race. So uh, quickly, to wrap up the Coyotes conversation, uh, coming up on the homestand, a couple more uh, 
kind of theme nights for the team. They have Hockey Fights Cancer Night coming up on the 19th. And then they are actually holding, for the first time ever, their Coyotes are going to be holding their inaugural Pride Night coming up on April 21st. And uh, that's something that is starting to come or go around the league quite a bit. I saw that the uh, Washington Capitals did one. Um, the National Predators just had theirs the other day. And, um, and I'm glad more teams are holding these types of nights and actually calling it, you know, pride night instead of hot. Like they've done in the past, they've done like hockey is for everyone nights and stuff like that, which is cool and all. But the fact that they're actually holding a pride night is a nice step forward for the Coyotes and for the league in general too. Yeah, I think it's awesome. It's really cool to see that, that they're officially calling it that and everything too. And, and I loved the graphic they put out of um, the uh, the rainbow on the stick and uh, on the blade. And I just uh, I I was also thinking too, like what type of commitment that is to be able to put a rainbow of colors on a blade because that's 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 a bunch of different colors of tape that you're having to put on there. I know it's super side note, but I was just thinking about the the, the time that would take in order to do that was also very impressive. Oh, but Corey, they actually have pride tape now. What? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. It's been out for a while now. Yeah. If you type in pride hockey tape, you can buy it for uh, $7 online. Oh, that is beautiful. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. There you go. The more you know. Okay, well, it's not as impressive anymore then. Fine, I am no longer impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed by the night, but I am no longer impressed by the graphic. All right, so let's get to our two sporty questions we had for the night. And you were the ones who came up with this episode's question. So I will let you explain the two of them. All right. So I, we have two because I wanted to give people a variety. The first one was inspired by, um, by, by today's events, considering the fact that um, the game was moved up to 11 o'clock. Um, a lot of people were watching the game while they were at work. And so I had tweeted out that I had my phone sitting there resting on my work phone. <laughs> so I was using a prop it up to watch the game. And so my first question that I asked the Sporty Nation was, what is your favorite thing to do while you're, wor- while you're working, quote unquote, but it isn't actually work? Is it my turn to answer? Yes, it is your turn to answer. <laughs> um, I was posing the question to you. So, I would say, like, I'm a big, because uh, a lot of times if, I, if I'm at the radio station and I'm not doing a live show and I'm just making sure we stay on air, I'll do, like, I will always, um, almost always deep dive into YouTube and just, like, fall down rabbit holes on YouTube. That's, That's my easy go-to. To do. That's very easy to do. Mm-hmm. 
I like that. Um, I, I like to turn on different sports and stuff if there's a game going on during the day. Um, but one of the things that I kind of get into that, I mean, it's a different, I guess, kind of work, but, um, I like to, to dive into the sporty social media because my, my day job is social media. So, um, I'll get on that social media grind and I'll be like doing something and I'll be like, oh, this would be great for sporty. And then I just start going into like a, a sporty deep dive. And I feel like I get lost in sporty. Like I did today. I was creating reels and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. Yeah, see that. So yeah, that's thank, my kind of like fun thing. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Um, our The last I checked, our reel was like blowing up. So, um, and congratulations on figuring out what, how to do a reel. I still don't even know how to do it. So, Oh my gosh, you would love it. It is like a dream for someone who went to journalism school and like did videography because it's literally like the easiest way to, to create a like a quick video. It just made made life very simple because if you know how to like quickly shoot shots and then throw them together, you can make a good looking video super simple, super quick. Um if you aren't someone who knows how to throw together a video, it, it might look a little janky, but like as someone who knows how to like shoot video and stuff, even the one I did today, it was like just videos, singular videos that I had shot during, you know, a regular season and stuff. Um, I had thrown that one out there because um, the Coyotes are now going to 50% capacity um, at Gila River Arena. So I was kind of just curious um, how many in the Sporting Nation are going to be attending these home this home stretch, um, and how many people were were really missing being at Coyotes games? Because I'm I'm sure a lot of people have been aching to be there. Um, I've been missing it myself, so I, I just kind of wanted to throw that out as a little reminder to everyone that uh, Coyotes games are slowly coming back. Yeah, and how cool would it be um, as they increase their capacity to fifty percent? Uh, as we talk about the playoff run, if like to have more fans in the stands, as more and more people get their shots um, for a wideout back to Heather River Arena, even if it's only for two games, if they get swept by the Avs in the first round, like they would like likely do if if they end up making the playoffs. But like that's kind of what I'm hoping for is like just make the playoffs so we can get a wideout and a playoff hockey game back. I hear the river arena. That would be incredible. Cause I haven't, I haven't gone to a game yeah, I- in um, the last game I went to was the last game at Heather River arena before the pandemic shut down. Um, I didn't go as a fan. I was, I was up in the press box too. So like, I haven't been to a game as a fan and, and God knows how long it's been well over a year, well over a season since I've gone to a, a game as a fan. Same here. I was supposed to work uh, the game the day of the shutdown. That's when, and it's funny because everyone will always like ask me about it. Like I'm like, that's when I know. That's when I knew shit was going to hit the fan. Was when I was supposed to work that game, and then it was like the NHL suspended the season, and then I went to work 
and I work like in a health club. So you like have people walking around. That was the first time I've actually thought to myself when people are walking out of the bathroom, like, did you actually wash your hands? How many people are like sanitary? I started asking myself all those questions that day because that was the day that I knew that it was like shit's going down if I if I'm not going and working this game tonight. So um, yeah, same here. It's been a very long time. So it'll be it'll be quite a lot of fun by the time we actually get to go back and be at a game, whether it's working the game or being going as a fan. It'll just be nice to be around live hockey again. Yeah, absolutely. I I miss it quite a bit. I'm I, I'm excited to to go back, to whether it's a Diamondbacks game or a Coyotes game, to go back and and go to a live sporting event again. Because the last sporting event I went to was the March NASCAR race in 2020, which was the last NASCAR race before they shut down too. And that was the last live sporting event I went to, which is like wild. Yeah, it's it's been absolutely insane. But to move on to my second question, this one is because um, I was watching Deadpool 2, which is, uh, I love all the Deadpool movies. But um, when I had watched, I had watched Deadpool, like, I don't know who I watched it with. I watched it not with anyone in my family. And then I had told my parents like how good the movie was and that they should watch Deadpool. Uh, there definitely was things like I really laugh at the part where he's about to like kill the guy by running him over with a Zamboni. Um, that part really made me laugh. My mom looked at me like I was a psychopath and it just made me start kind of like thinking about movies that like you thoroughly enjoy, but when you're around like your parents or family members, it's more cringy or you, there's a side of you that like you don't really want them to see. Or um, like when I went to go see the movie um, Wanted, I think is what it's called. It's got Angelina Jolie in it. Um, but they, when I went to go see that with um, actually like, a lot of people in my family, it starts with a very um, intense sex scene at the very beginning of it. And I'm sitting next to my great uncle going, maybe this isn't the, um, the situation I wanted to be sitting next to him for. Um, and so it just uh, posed the question to me of what are the movies that you love to watch, but if your parents were ever to be like, oh, we should watch this movie, you're just like, mm, maybe not with you. Um, I'd I'd say, like, it's, it would probably to be like a raunchy sex comedy, right? So it'd be like a movie like Super Bad. Hmm, okay. Because it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, sex either. It could be violence. Like, the fact that my mom my mom thought it was weird because I thought it was funny that he was going to get ran over by a Zamboni. Like, that was that was violence. She she didn't like the violence yeah, part Yeah, that's that. not – yeah, that's not a problem. I used to watch, like, all that kind of stuff with my dad all the time, right? But, uh, like, when it comes to, like, the, the sex scenes and stuff like that, that's, like – that's where it gets a little weird, I think, for me at least. Yeah, I, I don't blame you there. 
I don't blame you there. Uh, that's what, uh, to some of them do get very, very interesting. So I, I just am really kind of curious what the Sporty Nation is going to come back with, too. Um, is anybody going to say three, what kinds 365 of- days? I really hope no one's going to be saying 365 days. Maybe Kat. Uh, simply because it's like an inside joke with us because of the fact that um, I I watched it because it was number one on Netflix and I was like, I gotta see what this is. Not even like looking it up because I'm an idiot and really watching that and then... Um, my my fiance came in and was like, "What the fuck are you watching?" And so then I convinced Cat to watch it. Which did she make you watch it? Thank fuck no. Oh, so then I convinced Cat to watch it just out of like uh, the pure interest of it, and um, and then I think I I came downstairs just like. Just like we messed with you, I came downstairs from my house one time and uh, Scotty and Kat both had it on. Luckily, it was like the earlier parts of it where they, long story short, she ends up getting kidnapped and having sex with her kidnapper. It was when she first got like kidnapped, so it wasn't wasn't at that part yet but yeah that 365 days or whatever 365 days definitely um would be one of those that i i don't even want to watch with other people like that's like a just me by myself i think about that same thing when people watch like 50 shades gray like who did you watch 50 shades of gray with mm-hmm. like for me to watch 50 shades of gray i've i've got to be i've got to have a couple drinks in me and it's got to be more of a funny thing for me because it's a little weird. So, yeah, I don't... I, I definitely would put that on the list of don't watch that one with your parents. <laughs> so, you can reply to both of our questions at Corey underscore Richie Show on Twitter over the next couple of days and we'll take a look at your comments and, and retweet them and whatnot. Um but as we approach the hour mark here on the show, Corey, do you have any final thoughts before we say goodbye? Uh, pray for me, everyone. I I have every faith in the world that Richie's vodka is going to come out fantastic. But just in case, please pray for me. <laughs> I, I think it will be just fine. But who knows? We'll find out on Saturday. Um Follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie show. Follow us on Instagram at Corey Richie show. Follow us on, uh, follow Corey at Corey Nicole with two E's. Follow me at overflores 91. The network is at hockey Podnet, of course, promo code THPN for DraftKings is a couple months away from actually having it 100% legalized here in the state of Arizona. Very excited for that. And, Enjoy the game on Saturday, everybody. It's going to be a a barn burner to be sure. Uh, We will talk to you again next week. Good night and good hockey, everybody.